Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide them with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Claudia Mullenweg, founder and CEO of Holistic Vision. She always hated her glasses and has made it her mission to help others see clearly, naturally, just like she has done. Through five-day challenges, online programs, a membership, and private mentoring, she helps her clients see better no matter what vision challenge they struggle with. Claudia focuses on finding the root cause of her client's blurry vision instead of using symptomatic treatments like glasses, contacts, or surgery that can actually make their eyesight worse in the long term. And I have had the pleasure of actually meeting Claudia more than once in person. And I really appreciate how much passion and excitement and clarity of purpose that she carries about her. And not just that, but the level of her expertise and her commitment to her particular act of service that she is here to deliver into the world. And so I'm just so grateful to have her here. Welcome to the show, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been meaning to be on your podcast for so long, and I'm happy to finally be here. Yeah, well, you must have been focusing your intention <laughs> really, really clearly. So I love this topic. I started wearing glasses myself when I was probably eight or nine years old. And I've done a lot of my own work on um, my vision, my, my personal vision. And so when I met you in person and found out that this is the work that you do, I was really excited to actually have you on the show. And so what I'd love to have you start with, Claudia, is just give us a little bit of a background, you know, besides hating your glasses, which I also hated my glasses, like what exactly was kind of the arc of the storyline here for you? Did you have glasses when you were little? Did you have to have them when you were older? You know, what inspired you to say, I'm not buying into the rest of the world and just putting glasses on. Give us a little bit of your story. Yeah, so I got glasses at age three, actually, and I was farsighted and I had what's called a squint. So my right eye was turning in and I hated them because I got bullied. I got teased. I got made fun of. Like there was one other kid in my class and I was born in the early 60s that was the smart kid, right? The professor. And I wasn't the smart kid. And so I really suffered. And I also, they were just a handicap. I, I hated wearing them. And I remember I started playing handball in my early teenage years and I couldn't wear the glasses, which was such a relief because as a far-sighted person, seeing the ball from the disc wasn't a problem, right? It was more the, the reading and all that stuff. And um, so I wore them less and less and less. And then I found out like I was about 16 or so. I didn't, the doctor said, oh, your, your eyes are normal. 
And a boy told me I have beautiful eyes. I was like, oh my God, this is just like, I can't believe it. And then during my high school exams, I noticed through the stress, tremendous stress, I really had to study. My vision got worse. And I was so paranoid of needing glasses again that I dug around in all the bookstores back then. There was no internet. And I found one book on vision improvement. And that got me started on like realizing how our vision is really based on relaxation and that stress and a lot of other things make it worse. And then I found myself back in glasses in my 30s doing my really difficult marriage, to put it lightly. And <laughs> I had already separated from my husband. I don't want to talk too long about it. But basically, I realized at some point in my early 40s, like, I've done this before. Like, I know I can improve my vision. I can get rid of my glasses that I was wearing again. And that's when I really dove deeper and um, did, eventually did a teacher training after taking private lessons and yeah, ever since then, I haven't worn my glasses. I don't need glasses. I have perfect vision now. Oh my God, that's beautiful. So my own vision issue is nearsightedness and I think astigmatism. So I actually did a little experiment with a book that I found about 10 or 15 years ago before the internet got pretty big. And uh, I actually was able to do on my own about cutting my prescription about in half. So I want to ask you, Claudia, you know, like, who are the people that you normally help when you are working with them on their vision? Obviously, it's people who've been either prescribed glasses or told that they have vision issues. But do you have a more specific subset of people that you help to improve their vision? And what are the other kind of corollary results that happen after they've done work with you? So that's a great question. I would say the majority of, I have never done the actual statistics, but I would say about 90 to 95% of my students are women. Mm -hmm. And most of them are over 40. I do also, in my private practice, I work with children and I work with pre pretty much everybody at any age. But the majority of the uh, women that I help are over 40, in fact, over 50 or even 60. And it's a pretty even split, like just between you and I, between the women that have had glasses for nearsightedness since often childhood and what's called uh, the presbyopia, the old age side. So women that got their glasses, you know, maybe early 40s or maybe 50s. And it's a different mindset because they have had great vision for their whole life. And now they're realizing, starting with readers, and before you know it, they're in progressives. And it, go, it goes downhill really fast. Versus the women that have had glasses for a long time, they either so got used to them or they usually they had a vision decline. So usually most people that sign up or work with me, had some kind of rapid decline where the eye doctor was either like, well, I don't know why, or like, oh, it's age-related, the typical response that they give you. Or they just really heard about it for the first time. Like, hold on, I've been improving my health on all kinds of levels. Like, for some reason, I didn't think about my eyesight. But it's pretty much 50-50 between far-sighted or presbyopic and near-sighted, I would say. Um, and do some of them already have what the doctors, again, call age-related cataracts or macular degeneration, some early stages of eye disease. And the correlation, um, I love that question, actually, because good vision is based on relaxation, it's not really that the muscles are too weak in your eye. Most of the time, they're actually too tense. It's uh, like students improve their insomnia, um, like just feel better overall, like be happy. I mean, like vision is more than eyesight. That's why I actually call my program Naturally Clear Vision. Because eyesight is just more like the actual seeing, like visual acuity, right? But vision is how do you see your life? How's your, how do you see yourself? How do you want others to see you? What are your insights? Your, your in, what we call the inner game, right? So vision is so much more than just 
eyesight. And people are like, oh, I thought this was about eyesight. And now I realize it's this really big, it's really my whole life vision. My whole life purpose is kind of not in question necessarily. Or maybe for some of them, it is in question. They're really rethinking everything they've been doing. Mm, beautiful. So can you give us a little bit more about kind of I, I, when I was doing this practice, I remember that there were like, it was about learning that your eyes are actually muscles, right? And what I learned was that by putting contact lenses on or putting glasses on, it was almost like ha being on crutches. And if you're like, you broke your leg, you got to be on crutches for maybe eight or 10 weeks. But after that, if you stay on the crutches, you're never going to have your capacity to walk restored for as long as you're on the crutches. So do you have a similar philosophy? I'm not sure if I learned from the same body of work that you did, but is it true that it's really about the muscles and not about whatever else, the, I guess the eyeglass companies want you to believe? <laughs> so that's a great question. I mean, the muscles are definitely involved. We have six outer eye muscles, but I like to think of it a little bit different. So vision is really... 90% brain, 10% eyeball. And some uh, teacher told me once, you should say 91%. So you can't really like statistics, you know what I mean? But it's like the 80-20 rule. Basically, we see in our visual cortex in the back of the brain here in the back of the head is where you see your eyeballs are just light receivers, basically. And then the signals travel to the optic nerve to the brain. And the brain is really saying, oh, that's a human or you know, the brain is really figuring out what you see. And I like to use one, there's tons of studies, but I like to use one as an example. They did uh, several studies on people that had what's nowadays called dissociative dis identity disorder. It was known as um, multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And they found that uh, participants in the study, they had up to like, you know, six or seven different authors or personas that they had very like great degrees of vision changes. Like they could be nearsighted minus four diopter in one persona and have 2015 vision in another. And even their color perception, the, 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 the inner eye pressure, like the pupil size, like so many things varied. And it's the same physical body. And that blew my mind. That was one thing that blew my mind. And then another thing you mentioning more about the muscles so they did animal experiments and they put contact lenses on the chickens and monkeys and frogs. Some got the minus lenses and some got the plus lenses. And when you have, when you're near side like you, your eyeball is basically elongated, right? A normal eyeball is like round and when you're near side, it's like too long. I don't have my little squishy eyeball here. And when you're far-sighted, the eyeball is too short. So what happened is these chicks that got the minus lenses, their eyeball grew longer and the ones that got the plus lens, the eyeball grew shorter. So that, so basically they adapted to the lens so that they could produce a clear image. And very likely the same happens with humans. We don't do those kind of studies on children, but basically when you get those glasses that feel too strong and the doctor says, Oh no, don't worry. You get used to them. You get used to them by making your vision worse, basically. Hmm. And so the outer eye muscles have a correlation to the length of the eyeball. So that's, yes, there is a kind of connection to the muscles and the, sh the eyeball is very soft. Think of a, like a jelly kind of, it's very soft. So the muscles are strong. In fact, way too strong to just turn your eyes in a socket. They have way more strength. And that's why I was saying earlier, in most of the cases, the muscles are too tense. And that's really driven by our mental, what do you call it? Mental stress. Like it really starts in the brain when we are, you know, when we are stressed and we stop breathing and, <laughs> and all those things. 
it's a longer topic, as you can tell. I don't want yes, to well, and what's beautiful is how passionate you are about it. And I am going to have to take a break, though, because we could go down that rabbit hole and talk for probably hours with you, Claudia, about the specifics. But right now, we are going to go for a short break. And Weekly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying our show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com. Uh, we have a little special new site I've just done. I've just done a refresh of the site to celebrate that we were the number one People's Choice award-winning podcast in the business management tools category in the 2020 podcast awards. So to celebrate that, I upgraded and updated our website. And so you will find the magic button for donations right there. I also want to point out that if you know of somebody who should be listening to this show, we'd love to have you share with your mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues, because the more people who get to listen to the show, the greater our reach gets, the more people are going to be able to access and activate their own wicked smartness and step up into their leadership roles in the world, just like Claudia is doing. I do want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. It's really good if you review for us, and if you give us a great review, we might shout you out on the show here. Uh, we are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I do want to celebrate this week, Russia came on as a country that's listening, and we landed at number 26 in the charts right from the get-go. So shout out this week to our listeners in Russia, and we'll also shout out to our listeners in Germany, where Claudia is from originally. I think that's where you're from originally. That's not where you live now, but that's where you're from originally. So we'll shout out to Germany, and we will be right back with Claudia, and we will be talking more about your vision. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, The Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back to find out more about Claudia and her gifts and her offers. Please go to www.naturallyclearvision.com forward slash 10, and that's the digits, number one and the number zero, habits. And we will have that in the show notes for you. That's www.naturallyclearvision.com forward slash 10 habits. So Claudia, why don't you let our listeners know what they're going to find when they get to your site and they access that uh, information at forward slash 10 habits. It's my guide 10 habits to healthy and happy eyes. 
And it gives you 10 strategies that are going to help you to improve your vision naturally. That's the first thing. And then on the thank you page, if you would like to dig a little deeper, I'm also inviting you to a complimentary Get Clarity session where we can talk more specifically about your vision, your goals, and what potential obstacles you can face. And also, obviously, how you can actually improve your vision. Nice. Beautiful. Well, we strongly recommend that you access that information if this uh, is one of your issues, ladies. And it sounds to me also, Claudia, like uh, one of the things that can happen for your clients is, you know, as you mentioned before we went on the break, is a greater understanding of their actual life vision. So I do want to talk a little bit because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurial or they're businesswomen or they're aspiring to be entrepreneurial or businesswomen. And one of the things that I know for myself as well as for all of the businesswomen and all of my guests who have been on the show is that there is a point where you have a vision or you have a vision to create something, whether it's you know, a vision business or whether it's a consulting business or whether it's a podcast or whatever it is that you have a vision and you, you're suddenly kind of struck by this desire to step into a new role in your life, to step into creating your own reality through entrepreneurship. And it requires that you actually value your vision. So I'd love to have you talk more specifically about your own entrepreneurial journey and when you got the vision to become an entrepreneur and what you've done to value your vision and invest in yourself and, you know, build and grow your business. I love that question too. You're asking great questions. So I always thought of myself as an introvert because I was so shy. I was so bullied. I didn't have friends. And just speaking on a stage was like my absolute worst nightmare. And um, I realized in order to share this mission with the world, I do have to kind of grow out of my shell and just do those things that I'm scared of. And that really, I learned so much about leadership that whenever, if you don't feel challenged, you're not playing a big enough of a game. And um, I think my work was pretty much probably 70% in that game versus the, the business strategies. But I joined a masterminds. I, I really invested in myself in order to deliver a great product. So I'm not just basing on what I already know, what I can do. And that was part of my life vision. I never had a life vision. In fact, I never made real goals. I was always like kind of living day to day and, you know, just kind of dealing with the daily minutia and raising my two daughters and, and then when I suddenly started thinking about my future and making concrete plans versus just letting it happen, I saw such a shift in myself and my confidence. And 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 I, I'm still nervous when I go on a stage. I haven't been on stage as much, maybe five or six times, or maybe a little bit more now. But when I won um, at an event, I think that's the first event we actually met in person. There was a speaker contest, and I won that contest. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Because like, there was professional speakers up on the stage, too. And I was like... I don't know. I, I don't know. Now I forgot your question, but basically I realized that I have to step out of that bubble of safety to play a bigger game and share this message. Yeah. Well, two things that I want to pick up from that, Claudia. One is that, you know, you did value your vision. You invested financially in a mastermind group. And I happened to be at that event where you won. And I can tell you, as a somebody who's been speaking myself since 2008 uh, on virtual stages around the world as well as live stages, I can tell you the reason why you won that 
had much less to do with how many years you've been speaking and much more to do with how absolutely clear you are about who you are, why you're here and what you're here to offer people. And and it was that level of clarity that allowed you to be not a pro speaker and to win the speaking contest. <laughs> Just want to be clear with you about about that, Claudia. And, you know, having mentored people for a long, long time to help them myself, you know, I, I mentor women around the world, helping them to feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. And and the biggest challenge for most of them is is having that level of clarity. So good on you for that. So we have a few more minutes left. I do want to talk about, because, you know, you definitely talk the walk and walk the talk. Are there things that you do on an ongoing basis to contain the the vision that you have created for yourself, to, to maintain the vision that you've created for yourself, the clear physical vision that you've created for yourself, as well as to maintain the vision of your service in the world. Are there some things that you do on a regular basis that you could share with our listeners and might give Absolutely. them some tips? Yeah. Yeah, I, for sure. I'm, I do want to, like people always ask me, oh, is it like hours and hours of eye exercises? And initially when you change, when you do a behavior change, yes, you have to learn new habits. I noticed by the way that you are blinking a lot, which is a simple, simple thing. Um, in addition to proper breathing that you can do to help your eyesight because it lubricates your eyes, it prevents staring. And you're doing a great job. I just, because you see people like staring at the screen, like literally not blinking. But other than that, I don't really, I don't really do eye exercises. I do meditation every morning. I do something called myofascial release. I have little massage balls that I also use with my students. You know, we all get tense. We all get tight. Um, I do some yoga. I do some breathing practices, but yeah, and some journaling. So I kind of write down gratitudes and I do some journaling and I do some reflection, but I don't do eye exercises because once you realize how good naturally clear vision works, you just do it automatically. Like one of my closest friends, he passed away this year. He was 101. Not he didn't die of COVID. He like when I asked him, he never wore glasses. He had perfect vision up to his death. Like you couldn't ask him what he was doing. He was just doing it. Like he blinked every second, for instance. But he wasn't like doing any specific. He just had naturally good habits, right? And so that's kind of what it's undoing the bad habits. It's also looking into emotional root causes, especially when you're nearsighted. So, yeah. But I don't have like a. I just have a self care routine, but not like a vision you know, I exercise this kind of routine, if that makes sense. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm really glad that you brought up the emotional piece, because one of the things that came through for me as I've kind of danced back and forth with playing with improving my own vision. A few years ago, I had a flashback to when I was about eight or nine years old. And we were at the pond. And my mother and my father's ex-wife were both there and they got into this huge screaming fist fight craziness <laughs> and I put myself underwater like I was down in the water I literally put myself underwater and I got clear that that incident in that moment there was a part of me that decided I did not want to see I don't want to see this. Like, I really don't want to see this. So can you talk in the last couple of minutes that we have here about the emotional things that could cause people to have vision issues? 
this what you mentioned is a perfect example and it's literally coming down to not wanting to see something a student just on a call this morning mentioned you know her mother always told her when she was a little kid oh don't look there you don't want to see that and you know she didn't go into details it doesn't really matter but she was kind of instructed that looking there is dangerous or seeing that it's not safe or it's not proper whatever so there's usually something like that that parents like where we literally don't feel safe basically it comes down to just really quickly, so the sympathetic nervous, the, the nervous system, I'm sorry, has the two states. We've all heard that the sympathetic, the fight or flight, and the relaxation state, the parasympathetic state. And when you, when you don't feel safe for whatever reason, it could be that your parents are fighting, that you get bullied at school, that you are alone or, you know, whatever it is, you will be put in fight or flight mode and your vision will get worse. Your pupils dilate, your heart rate goes up, like, you know, all the things that happen when you're ready to fight something. And when you stay in that stress mode, especially as a little child, it doesn't have to be the big trauma, what we would call trauma. They could, children are resilient on one hand, but they're also very sensitive. So if the teacher always tells you, you know, like, you know, you're not smart enough, or, you know, I know you, you know, whatever they tell you as a kid, you internalize that. And then you kind of, you literally don't want to see that because you want to stay in your safe little bubble. You know, that world out there is scary and dangerous. And that's, and then you actually have what's called pseudomyopia. You're not actually nearsighted, but then the teacher's like, Hey, you know, parents of Susie, your, your daughter cannot see the blackboard, take them to the doctor. And they don't look at emotional root causes. They check you on the eye chart. And one thing I want to say from a doctor who did a residency at a pediatric ophthalmologist, he said, the little kids that are like the bad kids that are wiggling around, they don't put their chin in that little headrest. You know, they don't, they leave without glasses because natural vision is about movement too and not, and the, the good kids that put their head and that stare at the screen, they don't blink, they leave with glasses. And so, and that's from downhill from there, basically. Yeah, beautiful. Well, Claudia, it has been my pleasure to have you today. I really appreciate what you're doing and how you're bringing your great gifts to the world. And I totally applaud you and I invite you to keep pursuing your vision around helping people with their vision because you're doing fantastically well. And uh, Wickedly Smart Women, we definitely recommend that you get in touch with her at www.naturallyclearvision.com forward slash 10 habits. And I want to also let you know that we love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line at 540-402-0043, extension 4343, or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in keep your ears open and your eyes clear. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.